and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Hello. It's time for a very exciting mini-sode of uh, delightfulness. Have you ever um, seen Carmilla, perhaps? Have you? The little web series that could. Yeah, so Carmilla was a fun time, uh, a three-season web series that followed was loosely based on a novella of the same name by Sheridan Le Fineau that follows college freshman Laura Hollis as she stumbles from one batch of trouble to another at Silas University, which is set in Styria, Austria. A super cursed place. <laughs> Judging by this web series. <laughs> so cursed. Listen, so cursed. It's so cursed. <laughs> it's so cursed. Um, yeah. So come with us on this journey as we just, uh, we talk about Carmilla, we talk about Laura, we talk about Carmilla and Laura, Laura. <laughs> and uh, if you are a former cream puff, which is what the fans of the show are called, then have fun revisiting it with us. Yeah, we thought we'd do something fun, fun queer content. Um, Carmilla was definitely a period in time. So the the book too is actually really cool. It was like, Mm-hmm. actually a book about a lesbian vampire and uh predates i think dracula which is cool uh if you want to learn more about that i highly recommend the queerest fact podcast they did an episode about the actual book carmella in the historical context and like pick it apart in like a fiction way it's super fun go listen to that if you're here thinking it's about the book, we're not. We're going to talk about the web series, <laughs> the web series, the Canadian web series, Carvilla, and all, all the joy that it brought us. It's a really fun uh, piece of media that deserves uh, to talk about. I agree. I yeah. found this at a time where I kind of needed to find it. So it's totally some, somewhat special for me because I wasn't seeing a lot of great there wasn't a lot of non-depressing queer representation going on. Literally. Yes. <laughs> so we was deprived. We was deprived. We were. And this fit the bill because it's so campy and so cute. And, and it's free because it's on YouTube. So you can just access yeah, it. It's super easy to access. You can you can watch 
all the series in just one day. In one day. Yeah. I will watch. <laughs> I will. I will say this though. If you plan on doing that, you will 100% get the theme song stuck in your head. Oh yeah. For, for a sure. solid week. <laughs> That's the one downside. <laughs> it's a catchy theme song, but it won't be stuck in your head. It's forewarning. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very fitting theme song as well, just Absolutely. FYI. So I guess we should start by describing how our characters... Well, okay. Now let's back up. I want to talk Oof. about the All web right. series in general a little yeah. bit. because Let's do it. I, this is super low budget, obviously. It's web oh, yeah. series. So if you're expecting like... I don't know, HBO level (laughs) shit here. Don't. It's a web series that was shot with one camera angle and they changed the setting from season to season, but you're obviously limit. They were limited by what they could do with the money they had. So for, for what it is and for what they had, they made a really good little show and I think that needs to be appreciated as well. So kudos to to everyone involved for making that happen. And and it, and it works too. They like incorporate the webcam mm-hmm. into the into show, the so show. it like it feels very natural what they're doing, like how it's uh, the limitation of the shooting Precisely. is incorporated, so it feels very natural. Exactly. I think they put more money into like getting really good actors because all Thank the Canadian you. actors in the show are fantastic they are and i will say the chemistry off the charts love the chemistry yes. between natasha Elise and, Elise. and natasha they're so good so. yeah i love the they're two so of them good. together love them they're all. wonderful mm-hmm. so um, yes this isn't first kill in terms of visually stunning exactly. i know people complain about the cgi there is no cgi in this at all it's just it is literally one camera in one room and the actors do their thing it's like watching a yes. play almost the movie is a little more high production value. The movie that Correct. came afterwards. But we're so, going to talk about the web series first. <laughs> we're talk about the web series first. Just saying. <clears throat> so we're following Laura Hollis, obviously, who is a journalism student at Silas University. Her roommate disappears. <laughs> her aloof seeming roommate. Her, yes. Yeah. Disappears. And in her place is left a mysterious type note saying that she left the university, you know, basically like, don't, don't worry about it. It's all good. She's just gone. She just left. It's cool. A question is that I forget is the first note that she gets multiple choice too. Yeah. Because the multiple, multiple choice, choice notes are like one of my favorite things in mm-hmm. the whole series. They are pretty cool. She's like, she A, left for personal reasons. B, ran out of money. C, like they're just, yeah. it's like choose your own adventure. Like these notes exactly. she keeps getting. It's so funny. Choose choose your own adventure. Oh. Why your roommate left. Right. So this is a common thing. It's hilarious. And they've, they come up with a system for explaining it. <laughs> so she gets a new roommate in the form of Carmilla, who is 
by all accounts a terrible roommate (laughs) oh yeah curmudgeon curmudgeon and for some reason keeps blood in the soy milk container we don't (laughs) gee i wonder why (laughs) i just you know whatever she has weird dietary restrictions i guess so (laughs) she's super messy she's leaves stuff all over the place she steals laura's bed sometimes for some reason my favorite thing (laughs) my favorite thing is spot the yellow pillow yes Um, spot the yellow pillow so if you haven't done if you've watched carmilla and you've never done this play spot the yellow pillow in season one because it's laura's pillow but like it's a metaphor for how attached carmilla is to laura and how she feels about laura at that particular time because either it will be on laura's bed when she's distant or when she gets closer to Laura it keeps ending up on Carmilla's bed she keeps stealing the like she steals the pillow and at some point like I keep wanting to call her Elise but at some point Laura notices and she's like stealing my pillow like it's a metaphor for how they feel about each other and it's awesome they spot the yellow pillow yes it's a wonderful wonderful um Mm -hmm. little bit that's the thing that I love about this web series there are so many little little pieces that if you pay attention it really tells the story in the story. So exactly. It's like, that's why I compared it to kind of like a play because mm-hmm. in plays often, if it's like one, like rent was like this where I watched the movie first and then the play later. And I didn't realize because the play predates the movie, obviously right. the whole thing is set in one. It's one set. Like there is no changing the set and the, the you're supposed to understand through what the characters are doing, that they're outside, they're somewhere else, but it's one set. It doesn't exactly. change. Yes. Um, it's kind of like that in this setting where it's like there's one set, but like the actors have to either through dialogue or through action show you other stuff that's happening outside of this room. And they do little things mm-hmm. like that to kind of like convey what's been going on when time elapses from like Laura turning on and off the webcam. So it's kind of like a play. And it's it's fun. Like like where you said there's a lot of little like fun things to pick up on just and so they did a lot with a little, with the, which is, I think, what made this web series really stand out and uh, why people latched onto it so much, because a lot of thought went into this particular. Production. Absolutely. Yeah. So. That's, you know, one of the reasons why you can latch on to it, even if you're used to more high production value content. So. Eh. Absolutely. And I wholeheartedly adore the dialogue. It's very pop culture reference It reminds me of something that Amy Sherman Palladino would write. She wrote Gilmore Girls. Right. She yeah, wrote right. um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's very like, like it's much more a campy version of that because that's just, that's the genre that it's in. But like the dialogue is very like pop culture reference It's very fast, witty. Like there's a mm-hmm. line I love that Laura... <laughs> season three when they're like on the outs with each other and she's like i'm trapped in this room with my ex and it's going about as well as you can imagine she's st- she still hasn't accepted me as a friend on twitter <laughs> it's like stuff like that where it's just like mm-hmm. it's hilarious i, lo- I love it. the dialogue is really good i love it the humor is spot on i love it's i love so the humor it's, and it's just the delivery is all awesome. it's very mm-hmm. very good i love it I think everything just kind of came together for this web series and it, it's Absolutely. like the right people at the right time, everything. Loved yeah. it. And I think that's what earned it. It earned it the loving mm-hmm. description. It's the little web series that could, it was just a little mm-hmm. web series and then just people just like latched on it and it became bigger and bigger and bigger. Cause like 
right people right time a lot of effort mm-hmm. went into this and it shows for sure yes so Laura vows to get to the bottom of her roommate disappearing and starts a journalism project recording her investigation and streaming it, which is where we get our camera angle. Yep. There you have it. Um, She gets her, so she finds out that more girls from campus have been disappearing and uh, reappearing actually. And she enlists her lit TA Danny to help her with the investigation since one of the missing girls happens to be from Danny's sorority, the um, Summers. It's like a, I don't know. I always felt like the Summers were, it was sort of like a sorority, but not. It was almost like, a, it was like the Amazons yes. in a way. Like, yeah. So not a sorority in the traditional sense that you would think of, but like these badass women that, are not taking any patriarchal bullshit kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that that summer society really, it derives from potentially things that were happening at the time that the book was written and kind of modernized. So it's kind of almost like witches in a way that Mm -hmm. I, I think about it, where it's like a group of women who like are basically feminists in the woods doing their own thing. But instead of like making them witches, they're like, it's a sorority. And I mm-hmm. think that's that's the vibe that I got. Which fits to the which fits to the whole this is a university. So you're Absolutely. Kind of like mixing and their big rivals are the frat bros. The Zetas. The Zetas who are very typical of frat bros. Because uh, the, the main Zeta that we meet and have for the whole series is Kirsch. Uh, who is just like a lovable puppy. That He's a himbo he's he yes he's a himbo he he'd be he not the smartest cookie in the package but he's very sweet and loyal yeah put it that way and yeah he sticks around yes so laura and danny are investigating the missing girls um while they're doing that we also find out that there's they have big honking lady boners for each other so oh yeah that's a that's a whole plot point that you see them dance around each other some and it's just funny because the um actor that plays danny is so tall that she's often out of frame from the camera since they only have the one camera she stands up you can't see her her. (laughs) and that was like a joke like kind of like a funny thing on set it's just like she's so tall that you I know, so they always have to block her in the back so she can see her. Exactly. And that's why in a lot of the scenes, you'll either see her sitting down at Laura's desk or they'll have her in the back, like you said. Yeah. So the gang, uh, to add to the gang, we have the floor Don, Perry, and Perry's best friend, LaFontaine. And LaFontaine is a character I really enjoy. They're like a big science nerd, love like scientific method and doing experiments. And they're also non-binary. So you see through their friendship with Perry, a really interesting dynamic of LaFontaine coming into their own, not wanting to be called by their their given name or dead name name, given name name, and perry having trouble adjusting to that so that's their friendship is one of those that i really thought was done well and written beautifully 
all the way through because they don't they don't like they they're they're not main characters but they don't skimp on that storyline i feel like it's fully fleshed out it goes through the entire arc of of it um and yeah lafontaine's journey is very it's fully fleshed like you said yeah i i loved seeing all of that and totally that love those two in general that mm, good good stuff both fantastic they are so the gang including these two deduced that carmilla the you know the new roommate is a vampire and that she has the hots for laura because she does and because (laughs) yeah carmilla's super embarrassed by this because (laughs) laura is laura is like this dork a huge <laughs> dork huge dork that and carmilla's like this 300 and something year old cool philosophy spouting. oh yeah right like she was like a, a late like was she a lady she was like a sophisticated lady a sophisticated lady when she and was actually alive giant dork (laughs) falls for this giant dork exactly (laughs) i love that this is what i love about natasha playing carmilla is that she's so good at delivering carmilla's lines that could come off totally stupid yeah so if anyone else if someone else who wasn't as who wasn't delivering it like she is was said like naive provincial girl Girl. (laughs) (laughs) okay but what's funny about carmilla being embarrassed about her crush on laura is that like the way like those lines get to laura because she's a dork and like Mm -hmm. anybody else in like the 21st century would be like why are you being weird? Yeah, and would like, not be into so that. Weird. But Laura is a dork, so she's into it. So like, the it it's reciprocated perfect. because she's a dork, which makes it funnier. It's so wonderful. It's so funny. It. It's like okay. So I also want to talk about the whole vampire dating uh, a, mm-hmm, an eighteen-year-old thing. Yeah, the age gap that. thing. Yes. So. I'm not normally a vampire, like hundreds of year old vampire dating a teenager fan. That age gap uh-huh. is bothersome. I don't, it's like yes. for some reason in this, it doesn't feel like that's as, I don't, I'm not, I can't really put my finger on it. <clears throat> I think it's because they're women. Once they're women, it changes yeah. the dynamic and makes it less about power. You're right. Because um, go watch our Warrior Nut episodes where we mm-hmm. get really pissed off about the hundred year, thousand year old angel that's a man with the nineteen year old girl. Because there's a power, a massive power imbalance that's happening there. But I think here it's less because you don't have the patriarchy putting it through a weird lens. And also it's kind of like an enemies to lovers thing, which I think changes it a little bit too, because they're just bickering about normal stuff and they're both, I don't know, like their maturity levels. Yeah. Carmilla spouts weird poetry that from ancient times, but I feel like their maturity levels put them on equal footing kind of. And and it's never like a giant power. It doesn't feel like there's a power imbalance between them. I think that changes it. I think it's mostly because they're both women that really changed it. It erases that 
patriarchy power imbalance of like old men owning young girls because they can for air reasons and business that's not there anymore so it makes it less i don't see it through a power lens that i would normally see this kind of stuff through you know like twilight creepy as fuck yeah um I mean, okay, let's be fair. Twilight had weird incest stuff going on. So, like, it was, oh, the whole thing was weird. Whereas, like, this really didn't have any of that. It was kind of like, I don't know, was it framed in a creepy way? Put it that no, way. Story wise, either. No. You know? And but it also. There is an so, age difference. There's an age difference. For sure. But it feels like Carm never made it past. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I mean. Her maturity level doesn't make her seem 300 years old. You yeah. Know? Even she's she stealing tri- pillows and leaving hair in the yeah. shower. Like, she doesn't seem like a 300 year old sophisticated person. The way that she. Um, <clears throat> The way that she tries to seem more sophisticated than she really is even it makes, makes her, her less like so. <laughs> yeah, she, so they're both dorks. They're both Let dorks. Say it. They're both yeah. dorks, and they were made for each other. I'm sorry. Right. That Just one's sentence. like literally black cat brooding dork, mm-hmm. and the other one's a golden retriever. Exactly. That's the difference. <laughs> so she literally turns into a big black cat, a big black panther. Just if you didn't know, that's literally. a thing. So. And in fact, one of my favorite lines is, so, you're a big black cat! Yeah. <laughs> I love that! <laughs> and it's never, like, we never get into it. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> so well delivered. Thank you, Elise. I know, I love Elise. Another pre- and more people I'd love to talk to, those two. Oh my god, yes. Um, so, the gang have deduced at this point that Carmilla is a vampire. They and laura uses herself as bait so they can capture her because there's this party going on and that (laughs) night they're supposed to like use this to capture carmilla and find out about the 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 girls because this is like one of those parties where the girls would go missing right so and but carmilla has other ideas when she comes to laura's room she's like let's not go to the party i brought champagne let's just stay here and have a night and we know what Carmilla is is going for. And that obviously is going to make Laura more nervous because a vampire, alone with yeah. a vampire, what the heck's going to, you know. So they awkward, like Carmilla awkwardly, or Carmilla flirts. Laura awkwardly tries to not get eaten. And yes. <laughs> in the end, they do end up capturing her because Danny and the gang come and there's a scuffle and they end up tying Carmilla to Laura's chair. chair and like yes. hanging garlic and stuff around her neck. It's so pitiful. And Carmilla is so embarrassed by the fact that she just got captured by these idiots. I mean, she's such a disaster gay. She let this brought this upon herself. Yes, she did. Uh, all because she had a thing for Laura Hollis. Yeah. Peak <sighs> disaster gay. Peak. Yes. So by the end of uh, by the end of all of that, do you we've we've set up that they've captured Carmilla. Laura is still investigating, trying to get information out of Carmilla. So we eventually find out that Carmilla is supposed to lure was supposed to lure Laura into this trap that was set up by her mother. Quote yes. the dean who is the dean of the school 
Now, this has been going on. This is the part that they're taking from the book in that Carmilla and her mother are luring these girls um, because Carmilla's a big, big honking, attractive gay gal (laughs) who's... But Carmilla has a problem because she keeps falling in love with her marks. <laughs> She's a disaster gay. <laughs> exactly. So she did this one time back in the day and it was a big deal. She was going to like run away with this girl, but her mother intervened and turned the girl against her. And so that's Carmilla's big love lost in the past. In present day, Laura is her new love interest, obviously. And over the time period where Carmilla is captured, she gets to know Carmilla more, and Laura starts to fall for Carmilla or become aware that she's falling for Carmilla. Yes. Which is like, oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) I just, oh, God, I'm going to have to, I have to go back and watch this again tonight just for comfort. It's so funny. So... They, the plan is revealed that the Dean is sacrificing these girls to a giant, get ready for it, anglerfish god that is trapped underneath the university. This is one of my favorite plot points because it's wild and you never see the anglerfish. No, <laughs> Which never. I love. You never see it. It's referenced all the time. We never see the damn thing. It's just so funny. <laughs> yes so there's a huge pit on campus and this is where the anglerfish is stuck and it's kind of like i feel like it's stuck between almost dimensions in a way like it's trying to get free of this big it's been sealed in for years so the dean sacrifices girls to the anglerfish to get power and you know yeah well whatever whatever so we know that Carmilla is not going to let Laura get sacrificed at this point. No. But she's also not willing to pitch in and be like the big hero because that's not Carmilla in yeah, Carmilla's mind. She's like mind. an anti-hero, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they end up finding out that there's this sword that could help them defeat the Dean, etc. And the only person that can retrieve the sword is guess who? Carmilla because it's underwater like stowed on way down and she would have to swim all the way and she's the only one that doesn't have to breathe yeah so carmilla goes and gets the sword by the end of season one they thwart the dean's evil plan carmilla saves the day and the sword was supposed to kill her by the by but it doesn't lo and behold everybody lives happily ever after so we think and there's making out and then there's making out at the end of season yep. one. Woo! Woohoo! Chemistry. Exactly. So that's season one. Season two, we get into them being on the run. And they end up in the Dean's old house because, you know, they've killed the Dean. <laughs> Guess what? The Dean's not dead. But no. um, spoiler <laughs> the alert. Dean's around the whole time. The Dean's there the entire time in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. So season um, two is in a it, it's same format, nicer set. Mm-hmm. Uh, same characters. I think we get new new characters. We get, we get JP. JP. We get a... Maddie, who's mm-hmm. like 
Carmilla's sister, like, quote unquote sister, like vamp sister, who is yeah. awesome. That actress is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She's she a fun is. character. Um, we get. I, th- I know we did. We meet. Um, yeah, so we get Vordenberg. We get um, w- Will is in season one as one of the other vampires that's a crony of of the Dean. But later on in season two, he gets he dies and his body is they put the character of JP, who's this um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's like uh, he's like the library, basically. He's like trapped yeah. in the library and then he gets trapped in the electronic version of the library. And then there's possessions that ha- start happening from like season two onward where like all these characters you hear about like the Dean and JP possess bodies of the cast that were former characters. So it's like a play basically. Yeah. Yeah. So Will becomes JP and um, <clears throat> Mel. Mel's the other character I was going to point out. Oh yeah. And Mel. One of the summers. One of the other summers who becomes important Danny's to the plot. Rival. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Danny's rival to like be the head of the summers. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, let's just say during season two, we have a, a whole breakup situation and a living with your ex situation. Mommy issues. Mommy issues. <laughs> with uh, um, the vamp sisters. Yeah. And then basically a lot of friction with Laura and Carmilla about Laura wanting Carmilla to be something and Carmilla being like, that's not me. Like you want me to be your hero, the big hero. And uh, I'm a vampire that's killed people. I'm not a like moral. I'm not like the, the big good guy. Stop trying to make me into that kind of. Yeah. I think one of the things I saw a lot about people's reactions or interpretations of season two was that, they felt Laura was very unlikable because of that plot line. Mm-hmm. When really, I think she is that she's supposed to be unlikable because what Laura is going through is essentially like having her inner sins shattered because she naive provincial girl, like Carmilla said, like she mm-hmm. is, and she sees the world in black and white, which a lot of like you're taught as a kid, like to make things simple, like there's good and evil, there's like right and wrong or whatever. And so Laura has that mindset, but she learns through this experience of season two of like all the, you know, she learns about the moral gray essentially. And that, that that's okay. That's reality. And so she has to like, it manifests to her as Carmilla, who she wants to be the, the good guy. Like Laura thinks she's the good guy, but at the end she sees that like, Hey, I'm doing bad stuff because I think I'm right, righteous or whatever. Like, am I the good guy? Am I the bad guy? Is Carmilla really so bad? Or, you know, so she she deals with the moral gray and comes to the understanding of like reality's messy really by the end of it and accepts Carmilla for who she is really. So it's that is, that is Laura's arc. It's meant to be mm-hmm. uncomfortable. You're meant to not like her because that's a tough journey and, it, and it's, you know, something everybody kind of goes through. It's incredibly natural for- Yeah, it's like childhood to was... adulthood. <laughs> That was the way the character needed to go to totally to move forward, and I think it was also something Carmilla needed. Carmilla needed to develop through that as well. So totally, I don't 
like I know certain people did not like that. So I loved that whole arc. I just that's the thing is if I can be okay with the characters being at odds and broken up, then I know the story is good. Totally. I think part of the problem with them too is they're both of them are stubborn. Yeah, they're very stubborn. That's the other thing. They're both very stubborn people. Um, Mm -hmm. So they learn to see things from their, each other's point of views, which is important for a healthy relationship, actually. So it is. So it makes them stronger in the end. It does. Um, Season three. So basically. uh, Wait, one thing I want to talk about in season two is that the Danny killing Maddie thing. Mm-hmm. So fucking hell. Uh, I just wanted to talk about it because I feel like Danny's arc gets weirder as it the show goes on. It um, does. And, and this always struck me as really fucked up because like what happens is essentially like Maddie has like Danny in like us. She's like crushing her with her arms to death. And <clears throat> In confidence, Carmilla tells Laura how to kill Maddie because in, ca- in case Maddie ever turns on Laura, she's like, I value you more. This is how you have to kill her, crash her amulet or whatever. And that's how you kill her. So she tells Laura. And then when Danny is being killed, like actively being crushed by Maddie, Laura smashes the amulet and kills Maddie. Sends her to the other realm or whatever. And then that sparks this whole thing between like Carmilla and Laura and like Danny too, by extension. But like literally nobody ever has compassion for Danny and the fact that she was actively being killed. It becomes this thing about like the tragedy of Maddie's death and the betrayal of Laura to Carmilla. And no one ever acknowledges the fact that Danny was suffering. And so her arc ends up getting a lot more darker after that because Danny gets she gets victim blamed for this whole thing. And then I think she becomes so like lost in her own grief that she becomes super reckless with her own life. And it's really sad that nobody really offers to help Danny. And she ultimately comes to her demise through this. And it's almost this like commentary on like trauma and like people being Mm -hmm. lost to it. And like not in the sense when they don't have support, how that can really end tragically. So like, I feel like people stop liking Danny, but like, Danny gets screwed by everybody. Honestly, nobody sees Danny. Correct. Yeah, nobody sees Danny. Nobody tries to help her. The one person who like sees Danny is Kirsch. That's it. Nobody Mm -hmm. else like sees her as a human being, and so I think she becomes unlikable because she just nobody's supporting her. She just gets so lost, and and she's victim blamed by everybody. Like that, her story is so sad. She's turned into, she's turned into a vampire, and then that through that, you know, y- your emotions go to a different place anyway, and mm-hmm. so it, oh, that allows her to become even darker and more bitter about what has happened to her, which is a super fair enough girl. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. thought Laura, you thought you were important to Laura, and apparently you weren't so it's yeah she's got like the rawest deal of every of anyone any character in this series absolutely yeah the only person like you said that's ever loyal to danny is kirsch and she ends up you know 
using him as a blood bag for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ugh, sadness. Yeah. It is sadness. Uh, spoiler alert. End of season two, we find out who, who the Dean has been possessing. Guess what? It's Perry. <laughs> the person that no one expected. Of course. So that's going to lead us to season three and the big conflict between La Fontaine, Carmilla, and Laura being La Fontaine is not willing to sacrifice Perry's life to kill the Dean. And Carmilla is like, pretty much, this is the only way we're going to end this. And Laura is kind of stuck in the middle until she starts to side with Carmilla because their options get fewer and fewer. Mm -hmm. Even with help from her ex-roommate who shows up on the phone. <laughs> I love this arc. Okay, her arc is my favorite. This was my favorite. But he's back. Yeah. And it's like kick-ass solving everything on the DL. Like, I love it. Exactly. Giving Laura the info she needs. Uh, this is what takes place in the library because the library takes them away from the Dean and hides them and the Dean yeah. can't get to them there. But the, I love this library so much. It's so interesting. It's its own character. Yeah. Literally the haunted library is an amazing setting. It's great. It is like every time they open the one door that's in the room where the camera is, you get something different, like a different dimension. Yeah. And it's just so funny. It's like the shrimp world and <laughs> it's just Oh, that's just lava volcanoes. Yeah. yeah, lava volcanoes. <laughs> it's just so and then I love it. La Fontaine figures out how to get to each one by doing yeah, different, with different knocks. knocking patterns. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute, the little details. But we also have another character showing up in this season, which is Laura's dad. Love it. And Laura's dad is one of the most protective dads. And it's okay. I've I've forgot to type out his name again. I forget his this actor's name all the time, but he's in so many things that I love. He was in yes. Veronica Mars, for God's sakes. He was Veronica Mars' dad. What is his name? <laughs> it's gonna bother me. Anyway, I love this actor. He's amazing and everything, and he's perfect to play Laura's dad. Uh, but he fights through all of the craziness and through uh, his friend that he meets along the way, who's a giant. <laughs> yeah. Gets to Laura in the library. And here we have, he's been watching the Laura's broadcast the whole time, basically. Oh my God. Like freaking the fuck out. Cause like freaking the hell out. It's set up in the beginning that he's super stupidly protective of her. It's like his only daughter kind of thing. And one of my favorite things that is from season one to season three is the bear mace joke that shows up in season three when he brings her bear. <laughs> he brings her bear mace. Like he, he made the trek to physically deliver the bear mace to make sure that Laura is safe. Mm -hmm. It's so funny, which again, it's symbolizing like Laura was a girl. Now she's becoming an adult. She has to like fight her own battles on her own. And like, work through that with her overly protective parent which she does here because he's like i'm gonna extract you and take you where it's safe and she's like no i need to fight my own battles literally and start what i finished 
and like they're able to work through that which is really great but i love the bear maze joke it's hilarious it is great and they carry it through perfectly yeah. so <laughs> i just love things like that they do have a lot of like callbacks and like uh from season one season two it's hilarious i like the initial dad versus the ex oh that was fun mm-hmm. tension yep. and then they find out they have more in common than they thought because they both want Laura to be safe. So basically Carmilla ends up saying, Laura, go with your dad. So go home. Don't try to rescue the world anymore. Just go. And that was what, you know, Carmilla's dad wanted. Obviously. Oh, sorry, what I'm sorry. Laura's dad wanted was for her to go with him and you know get out of there. So when Carmilla tells her this, Laura's kind of like, uh, what? Because <laughs> at this point she's so lost in the so- like lost yeah. in the fact that she can't save anyone. She feels like she's failed everything, and all of this is her fault. Right. And that's Laura's arc and and season three is being like giving up but it's laura so she can't give up in the end nope she's gonna see it through fight yeah. the battle and carmilla is going to come through of course because that's just she's how fate is <laughs> Do what? she's a disaster yeah. queen. she's gonna follow her she'll her follow she will follow Laura into the depths of hell if need be. And complain while doing so. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Which is what makes her more lovable in my opinion. Totally. But yeah, season three was really good. And we do get a different look. We get a look into the fact that they're digging out the whole anglerfish situation down in these tunnels and they're using these students as like slave labor to do so and that's where we get mel being the pit correspondent (laughs) yeah so that we can get into another setting yeah yeah so we get like little missives from mel who's reporting from the pit and being like very upset that they're not freaking understanding that she's slave labor in a pit and she can only do so much (laughs) that's right but mel's really fun as a character mel's super fun um and that's that's so we get also get to see perry as the dean in season Mm -hmm. three which was so good phenomenal actor yes and she's got danny on her side and her (sighs) vampire hench or not no he's human he's the guy from the one of the zetas not the zeta he is from the alchemy club oh oh yeah okay the alchemy club i also love that they are this like thing that is talked about the whole time and you like never see the alchemy club exactly (laughs) so she's got her henchmen and then you know maddie appears again Mm -hmm. because they find out that actually the dean is a goddess and yada yeah who basically this entire time has just been trying to get her lost love back. Yeah. And her other, her sister is the other goddess opposing her. Guess what? 
we're going to enlist the help of that goddess and maddie is kind of the representative of that goddess exactly and that's how they're planning to heal the dean but uh, all doesn't go to plan of course no and drama 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 llama in the pit they have the final confrontation they win but laura be like dying (laughs) and camille's like not on my watch bitch (laughs) but it gets real dramatic there for a while with the Mm -hmm. whole uh gay lover in your arms the heart beating all that stuff yeah and then carmilla gets her humanity back lo and behold which sets up the movie yes so the movie we get to see carmilla's past with her ex played by dominique provachoskli who uh you may know from winona earp as waverly earp mm-hmm. so love amazing. that she's in this yes. amazing she's so, uh, they're an amazing actor yeah you have to watch yeah you have to watch the movie it's really good actually it's it's so good it's it's like <laughs> it's like a wild night at a haunted house mm-hmm. is basically what this movie is but it's it's awesome and what's fun about the movie is it's it um it's one of the only lesbian movies or queer lady movies that i've ever seen where like the couple is already established like there is no like meet Mm -hmm. cute there is no like oh i'm gay what does this mean can we be together thing laura and carmilla are a couple the whole time they're already a couple so like there's none of that and so it starts off with them being domestic and really cute and then it goes into like the plot of like the haunted house thing the ex jealousy all that fun stuff and there's one of the best like sapphic sex scenes period in this movie mm-hmm. it's awesome it's really highly good. recommend there are corsets involved there is a corset involved there's amazing romantic lighting there's there's, there's also just there's also just like queer stuff everywhere like it's not even just yeah. them it's not even just yeah it's it's uh mel you get to see mel have a little queer side storyline with a ghost that's awesome with a ghost yep yeah um, there's people of color everywhere great casting it's fucking awesome one wonderful i really enjoyed the movie yeah the movie's great and i love that in the movie carmilla starts turning back into a vampire and then her behavior totally like changes yeah like those, there's so many funny the funny scene with her coming out of i don't know like a pet store su- sucking on and like the blood of an animal because she can't like stop her hunger and it's like that's really it's sad hilarious. but creepy and also hilarious yeah it's it's so good so why why does this series and this relationship work i i feel like there are we've listed the reasons we've got queer women just being queer women yeah queer actors queer actors playing queer women um you the campy writing works to the strengths of the actors and in general like they they really cast this well and i don't know it's like as it was a perfect time for this so just all the stars aligned and we have this to go back and watch absolutely and it's like you said earlier there's levity it's funny Mm -hmm. we rarely get that it's always dramatic crap 
And this is like a dark situation, but there's humor. So it's funny. We, and we fun. conquer some of the tough issues at the same time. Absolutely. And season three, their sponsor is like tampons, which is yeah. perfect for a lesbian vampire show. Mm-hmm. So the commercials they made for the show are so funny. Go find them if they you are. Want to wear go them. find them. You by Kotex was. was... You, that was their sponsor. And they made commercials and they're hilarious. Uh, and they also have a Christmas special they did where they're uh, on the yeah. run. That was also so hilarious. Cute. And it's cute. It's cute. Okay, but my favorite line from the Christmas special was Murder Heart for Christmas! Murder Heart for Christmas! <laughs> it's so like funny. she finally, Laura finally lets Carmilla murder. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> So yeah, if you haven't seen Carmella, the web series, the movie, the Christmas special, the camp hunt commercials, go check it all out. We basically spoiled everything, but we kind of didn't. There's more we left out, but it's really good. Great acting. Go Canada for bringing us this. Yes, please. I love it. Um, so my question in, in parting is how many pints of blood would you drink for vampire lesbian Jesus? Because we have a vampire lesbian Jesus now. We have many. Yeah. Carmilla was the first, though. Yeah. She OG. She OG. If you're going by the book. Honestly, 10, 10 pints. This gets 10 yeah, out of 10. This for is me. a 10 out of 10, 10, 10 for 10. me, too. I love it. <laughs> Honestly, like I found it at a time, like you said, a time where I needed something gay mm-hmm. and fun. And here it was. And it's like web series format. So it's like the episodes are like 10 minutes max. So it's like easy to watch in pieces or in passing when you have time. The actors are great. I found so many good fan fictions from this show. And one I'll never be over because I it's never going to get finished. It's like, ugh, I'm very upset. It's called Gold Rush. It's an AU. Beautifully written. But the author like abandoned it. So if you're listening, please write more. I understand the frustration when you're not into it and, and you're still writing. But like, it's so good. But it was it was fun. And the community, the Cream Puff community was really fun. Like it was a fun mm-hmm. fandom too at the time too. So everything about the experience of Carmilla, for, like I watched it when it was happening, was a lot of fun. So there's like a nostalgia element too for me. Absolutely. That makes it more fun. Same. But it is something you can easily revisit and have a good time with, you know? And you're not sad. It's just, it's happy and fun. And highly light. recommend. Highly recommend. Can't recommend it enough. So Exactly. More gay go, vampires, go please. Go watch it. Go watch it. Yes, can we please have more gay vampires? Yeah, that's why I was so sad when First Kill got canceled. Because we don't yeah. get enough. We don't get gay vampires. Or at least with sapphic lead vampires. We don't, yeah, we don't get that enough for, for my taste, personally. Totally. We would love to have vampires of all queer stripes. but Absolutely. Yeah. Because they're vampires. It's yes. fun. So it's fun. if you haven't checked out Carmilla, check it out. Please do. Yeah. Go go watch it. Tell us what you think afterwards. Yes. And if you have watched it, tell us what you loved about the series and yeah. all of your memories from it. So yeah. Thanks for watching this mini sode. And next time we'll bring you something just as cool. Yeah, or if you have suggestions, hit us up. Let us know. Oh yeah. If you have suggestions, please tell us. Yeah. All right, so, guys. See you later. Until next time. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now.
If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.